And good afternoon. Welcome along to the Audere Academy in conversation with and for all our listeners on the Actors Toolkit podcast. Uh, welcome along to you too. Uh, today we are joined by the lovely Emily Dean. Emily, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How, how are you? Not too bad at all. Not too bad. Really busy day today, but excited to get on with this interview. Oh, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> good Fantastic. Hear. So first of all, do you want to tell us who is Emily Dean? Who's Emily Dean? Yeah, that's a uh, that's that's a tricky one. It's <laughs> an ominous one. question, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, I'm originally from Suffolk, um, and I I think from I was I was one of the unique people that um, kind of knew what they wanted to get into when they left school, and I and I had a, a passion and love for media and the arts. So um, I actually, um, my background is actually music. I actually um, studied and worked in uh, various recording studios. Um, and I sort of moved to London. Um, and when I moved to London, I went to study music. And part of the course was was um, to learn about sound recording um, and also music law as well, which has actually been quite handy, sort of um, being able to read contracts and things like that. Um, mm. Um, so yeah, and, and then from then I kind of then uh, started working for a, a music licensing company um, back in sort of the the late nineties when uh, when people were sort of investing in the dot dot com companies, mm-hmm. um, which was uh, which was which I really enjoyed. And that was kind of um, licensing music for advertising and TV and films and games. So oh, um, and then alongside that I was. Uh, I was managing various bands and performers um, and kind of, you know, decided that I, I really enjoyed sort of looking after the artists and um, and helping them achieve their dreams. And that became my passion, really. So it's been a bit of a, a wonky sort of uh, way to get there. But that's that's where I am <laughs> um, today, as it were. Yeah. And, and how did you get into being an agent? Yeah, so so that kind of came from um, I was managing a steampunk rapper called Professor Elemental at the time, um, alongside when I was working for the music licensing company, um, and uh, and he'd got some voiceover work with with Disney, and really really enjoyed it, and was sort of saying you know I really want to get more voiceover work, can you help me? Um, and unlike, you know, most people probably go, oh, no, let's let's Google some uh, voiceover agents and try and get you on their books. I decided actually um, it, it would work quite well if I started an agency um, yeah. because through my through working with this music licensing company, it was a very, very sort of similar process in terms of you know the, the client base was very yeah. similar. People who wanted to license music would be the kind of people that would want to license voices as well. And the whole kind of negotiation process as well, um, we, we you know, in, with relation to uh, negotiating the fees is, is very similar to how you would negotiate for, for music sync as well. Yeah. Um, so that's how it started, really. And so that's when I launched VoiceFox. Yeah. So VoiceFox, tell us all about that. Um, so, yeah, so I started it's uh, about seven years, uh, just over seven years ago now. Um, and uh, yeah, it, I, I'm based in Brighton and uh, and strangely, um, I'm the only voiceover agency in Brighton. So it became became quite uh, successful quite quickly because of that. Um, that fact and uh, so yeah I've been sort of running it now for just over seven seven years Um, and we started out just representing um, actors for voiceover um, Mm -hmm. 
and then um, recently um, we've, we've now um, representing actors for motion and performance capture, which was kind of um, something that I, I about three years ago, basically, I started another agency. <laughs> you tell me mm. I'm a bit of an entrepreneur here. Um, <laughs> and, and that was uh, um, basically just literally solely uh, representing actors and performers for motion performance capture. Yeah. Um, and again, that came out of a conversation with an actor who had worked for quite a big game as a lead character, um, doing some mocap mo for them and really wanted to get into, um, you know, that side of things a bit more. But then when he went to try and find out how to get more work in that field, he found it really tricky. There was no other agents out there that were, that were doing it. And, um, and uh, you know, what, part of my, the things that I like to do, part of my passion is, is helping um, performers achieve their dreams. And so I kind of wanted to, to help not only get the work for the, for the performers, but also make sure that when they do get the work, that they're being paid fairly and they're sort of signing away all their rights. And, you know, which had actually happened to this guy as well, where he just, you know, he'd, he'd signed this agreement, um, which actually was full performance capture, including likeness, um, uh, buy out forever. And then obviously, you know, uh, a, a few years later found himself selling noodles in Vietnam or something, but I had no idea about it and obviously hadn't been paid. So it's just, yeah, it, it became important for me to make sure that that people were, you know, aware of what they were signing. Yeah. And, and you work with the, the lovely Susie. How, how do you two work as a team? Um, yeah, no, Susie's great. She's 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 like she's amazing actually, and, it, and I don't know as you as you know that when you've kind of started up your own company from the ground up, it's very hard to to then delegate or to bring somebody else into the fold because um, it's just you kind of you get into a way of working, and it's very hard to kind of um, I don't know, yeah, train somebody up to be able to um know exactly what you would do in each situation um but Susie came along and it, and it came from um I mean she she I've been representing representing her as a voiceover artist for quite a long time she's a Brazilian voiceover artist um and she basically um sorry about that um she was used to help me so occasionally I'd get castings for um performers of a language that I didn't actually have maybe on the roster I wanted to get some some more options across so um I would usually ask her and because she's she's been in the industry for over 25 years and she's got a very good sort of network of um foreign voices as, as friends and, and colleagues so um so yeah she used to basically say oh yeah you know check out this person this person and eventually I, I thought you know you're doing this for free I should be paying you actually and uh mm -hmm. and so I kind of brought her on as my foxy foreign voice specialist um and yeah she's sort of been with me now for probably about a year and a half two years I think but um but yeah she's amazing I, yeah I don't know where I'd be without her now she's she's really cool Great, great. Uh, so for those listeners that don't know what motion capture and performance capture are, can you explain um, what the differences are between them? Yeah, so um, so mocap, well, basically it, it started with mocap. It, it, it's a bit of tech, basically, which basically tracks and records your, your movement digitally. 
Um, so mocap is more about recording the bigger movements of a performer. So, um, you know, if, you, if you're wanting a character to climb up a wall like Spider-Man, um, you know, you, you'd be looking for someone who, who'd be really good at parkour, for example, and then they would be suited up with markers and um, and basically, yeah, that's kind of capturing the bigger movements. That's mocap. Mm. Um, and then performance capture is... Um, is basically the bigger movements, but also including uh, fingers and facial expressions, um, right. and sometimes sometimes voice as well, which is full performance capture. Um, and it's more kind of capturing the 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 actor performing, um, and also you know picking up all the sort of the the nuances um, in a little bit more detail than right. than the bigger movements. If that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. And and is motion capture easy to get into? I mean, do you need a lot of training or? Um, it is, well, it is quite hard to get into, um, and that's kind of why I, I started the agency, mm -hmm. uh, started representing performers for motion performance capture, um, because when, um, I sort of noticed that a lot of the studios were sort of using, um, a handful of performers that obviously they, they knew and trusted, um, because it doesn't really matter what you look like, you know, because mm -hmm. they're, unless they're doing like a, full likeness scan um you know as long as they're the right height and they've got the right skill set and they can act they were they tended to use the same people um yeah. however having said that things i have seen a change in in the way that things are being cast um so and also because um yeah there's not that many casting directors that that specialize in motion performance capture so you know so having castings on spotlight is is quite rare i mean that they, they do come up and they're actually getting more and more um but it's more about um you know connections and contacts and um you know contacts in the companies rather than you know using sort of spotlight as a as your main kind of casting tool um but in terms of like the performer you don't necessarily have to have training um in fact i've actually i i have actually got you know people work um who haven't had any training before but i just thought they're an amazing actor and they had the right skills there and they were right height and build mm. um and they were fine i mean i think it's handy to have um because obviously it takes that kind of mystery away and also when you're in the volume or in the studio um you know you don't have to worry so much and you can concentrate on on, on what you're what you're doing um also that people generally I guess they do like to have a performer that has had some kind of experience so obviously training gives you that experience um within the volume and so um and there are a lot of training courses now that um um you end up with a with a kind of a mocap reel at the end of it which is also quite handy to sort of send to clients so they can kind of see how you move yeah. um so yeah, it's not essential to have training, but I would recommend it, especially you know if, if an actor really really wants to get into that world. Mm. Um, I, I would yeah, I would recommend it. Maybe you know, even just doing like an introductory course so you have that experience in the volume would definitely help. I've heard this phrase in the volume before. What what does that mean? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, I, I kind of say it now as I, I expect everyone else to know. I'm so sorry. It's it's basically just the the the, the studio basically where they're performing. Um, that's yeah, it's called the the volume. The volume, right? Okay, cool. Um, excellent. Right. So, how how does being an agent for voice actors differ from being an agent for mocap performers? You know, are, are there two different types of representation, or are they sort of similar? Or? Um, yeah, I mean, I, what for voice and mocap? You speak yeah. Um, so obviously you represent actors that work in the voice world um, and actors who just work in the performance capture world. Yeah. How, how does the representation sort of differ for those two? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, they do cross over quite nicely. And I think that now, um, you know, Voice Fox, um, because I've been kind of working in that field for, for quite some time now, it's it's kind of become a little bit of the go-to agency for gaming. Um, and because of that, um, they do cross over. So, you know, something that may start out um, as just a voiceover job initially can then turn into like a performance capture role. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they do cross over um in that sense but yeah obviously you know it, it it's a slightly different kind of negotiation process with the rates um and the agreements um will be different because obviously you've got to look out for certain things um yeah. especially like i said mentioned earlier about the likeness and stuff which you don't have to really worry about with with voice so so yeah that that's kind of the the differences i guess yeah. And with the success of um, films like Avatar and things like that, where most of the action is performance capture, do you reckon mocap is the future for actors? Do you reckon in 20 years time, we're not even going to need actors anymore? Um, no, yeah, no, I, no. I, yeah, we, we will always need actors. <laughs> and actually, you know, and, and, and mocap, all it is, 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 is another kind of a revenue for an actor, you know, to be able to perform, um, have their movement and their performance captured so it's it's just a you know so it's another revenue stream really for the actor um so it will never replace sort of traditional acting but you know you are as an actor you're still doing uh traditional acting it's just the tech is capturing you in a different way if that makes sense yeah i've, I've just thought of another question off the back of that um if what do you think is the future with ai becoming so um prevalent in today's society in every every realm of society how do you think that ai is going to affect the industry um in the future yeah it's a tricky one actually i was actually on a panel last week talking about it mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's quite hard to you know we're all sort of panicking a little bit especially with where voiceover is concerned because yeah. um potentially um it, it could result in no one wanting an actor to do voiceover anymore but I kind of don't think it will get to that. I think we're kind of like panicking a little bit. I think maybe it will um, take away some of the the, the smaller um, jobs, especially things like e-learning. Um, mm -hmm. Although having said that, a lot of the e-learning scripts that we get are a lot more kind of um, sort of uh, sort of role play, kind of actor based stuff now rather than dry text. So. So because of that, you know, it might not ha actually happen. But but yeah, I kind of envisage those kind of the 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 low end of voiceover. But then I kind of think, you know, for advertising, for example, I don't think, you know, big brands are going to be wanting to, I may be wrong, <laughs> but, um, you know, to, to use AI to voice their advert. Because even though, you know, you, you may not be able to tell the difference, I think psychologically, they will feel that they're sort of cheapening their brand. Mm. Um, and also if you look at the history actually of, um, of you know, 
these kind of scary moments where all of a sudden tech is taking over. Um, I remember like, you know, in the in the late 80s when um, CDs were, you know, coming out, it's like, oh, it's going to be the death of vinyl. And it was like, you know, and OK, it might have been for a little while, but actually, you know, looking at the album vinyl sales last year, they're actually pretty high. Um, so I kind of think that it's going to shake things up a little bit. Uh, but I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that it's, yeah, it won't take over completely. It won't take over, yeah. No, and especially with gaming as well, where, where you're, you know, you want, the director wants to be able to, you know, direct the performer. And, yeah. you know, and a lot of the time, you know, they're, they're performing from, from real life sort of emotions and events that they've had where AI doesn't have that. So it's... Yeah, so there's it, no connection with it, yeah. It's not going to be as authentic. Um, yeah. yeah cool okay uh, right if i was an actor and i decided that i wanted to work in voice work if i wanted to you know how would i go about making up a voice reel what what aspects make up a good voice reel yeah well, it, it kind of depends what reel you're making because it kind of changes a little bit um mm. i always recommend um people to have a commercial reel um to start with, um, and the commercial reel is usually your own voice. So it's really important to not, you know, mess around with accents on that, just have you and your voice um, demonstrated. It shouldn't really be any longer than sort of uh, about a minute and a half. And you want to show a good range within that minute and a half if you can. So, mm -hmm. um, so you know, with an upbeat commercial and then maybe a more sort of, I mean, you don't get really sad commercials, but something maybe a little more thoughtful behind it, and just try and try and get as many kind of styles within that um, within that reel. And then you've got, and um, and then if you you know if you want to get into gaming, and then you know I recommend getting a gaming reel, um, which is a little bit different because you want to basically show how versatile you are, mm -hmm. uh, and sort of, and that's where you can sort of play around with all the accents that you're highly skilled at. Um, again, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be too long, not really longer than a minute and a half. Um, but yeah, just really thinking about what kind of characters, you know, you would be or you think that you might be up for in terms of like, you know, being cast. And then, you know, I always recommend trying to find um, a good production company. Don't try and make a reel yourself. Um, although I have had some, actually, I do represent some voices who actually do, um, and and they sound great. But but not everyone's do, and so I yeah. kind of recommend you know, get finding somebody who works with a copywriter and they can write scripts specifically for you rather than off the peg, and then you know that you've got a unique reel that that no one else has got with the same scripts. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of. Yeah, that's it, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. So, what as an agent, um, what's your one golden rule when representing actors? Uh, well, in terms of, in terms of what, in terms oh, well, of, I, I have a motto as an agent, um, and my my motto would be uh, never give a client bad news unless you have some good news to perk them up afterwards. Oh, that's so nice. what would be? Do you do you have like a motto that you live by when you're um, when you're working as an agent or anything like that? Um, well, I mean, I kind of, I, I'm, I like to talk to my actors in terms mm. of, you know, I know that it's really, really busy being an agent, but I think it's really, really important to, to talk and, you know, even, even, you know, if it's like a quick catch up or something, um, but I kind of think it also helps to sort of, you know, 
refresh the kind of you know where they are in their career and help them going forward um and I also you know it's really hard being a, being an actor and there's very it's, I always think of it as it's a bit like having bipolar you know it's a very up and down um not great for mental health and so mm. you know and because of that you know I always kind of say to them I think it's really really important to try and look back to where you were five years ago and all you've achieved um because I think you know a lot of people make the mistake of just sort of not really not really thinking about it and they might just yeah. have a really bad audition and then they just keep thinking about that and getting quite you know down and you know if they keep getting knockbacks but I think it's really important to to chat to them and, and you know talk about their successes and um yeah so yeah I, I'd say my one golden rule is to you know chat to the people that you represent and cheer them up when they're feeling down <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah perfect uh, right so you say you've, you've had voice fox for seven years what notice what um sorry what notice what changes have you noticed in in the agent in the um the industry um so you know uh, obviously you work in speciality um parts of the industry with being a voice agent and motion capture what changes have you noticed in the time that you've been an agent um well with with mocap I've seen a change mm. even in, in the short time that I've been doing it um because I think the way that it's being cast in terms of um ethically as well which I think is really important and um and yeah before I think it was you know very much like like I said the studios were using the same pool of people as long as they're the right height and they've got the, the right skill set but now you know they are you know, looking to to see what ethnicity they are. Um, and so they're broadening it out, which is great to see. Um, mm -hmm. And in terms of voice, uh, it's a tricky one, really, because I think when Voice Fox sort of started out, I wasn't so heavily into gaming. I did a bit of gaming, um, but, you know, I mean, we do do other stuff. It's not just gaming. Um, but because of that, I can say I can say how it's changed for me. I'm getting a lot more kind of gaming briefs. Um, and so, yeah, and then and then you've got, you know, rates have gone gone up, which is great over over, over the seven years. Um, um, yeah, they're, they're kind of the main changes, really. I, yeah. And obviously, you, you've now got AI, which is, you know, like we've sort of mentioned before, which is, yeah, maybe ask me the question again in about three years. <laughs> I might be <laughs> See different. where we're at. Yeah, yeah. Um, OK, this is a question that we ask everybody that we interview. If you could change one thing about the industry, what would it be and why? Um, I think it would probably be agents talking to each other more <laughs> because I think that, you know, me and you have actually got, you know, quite a nice relationship in the terms that but yeah. it's quite rare, to be honest. And I, and I don't really know why that is. Um, mm. I've spoken to quite a lot of agents because when I first started um, representing performers for motion performance captures, I wanted to talk to the agents to make sure that you know I wasn't stepping on their toes um, and making sure that they were 100% happy um, but yeah I, I just yeah in terms of that I spoke to them and then that's it really but yeah it's a shame that the agents don't kind of 
talk a bit more and and um... it is a shame everybody seems to be in competition and we noticed when we recently joined the pma that it's not like that in the in the pma you know nobody's competing with each other we're all kind of there to support each other and work with each other but before we we joined the pma it just seemed that it was very competitive and and nobody wanted to give you advice or anything and they say when you're starting out a new business that's the the main thing you need is you know copy the people who are doing well you know ask them for advice and and learn from them but Mm -hmm. like you say as an agent it seems very closed off for some reason yeah yeah I don't know what that is but I, mm. I you know I, I I'd prefer to you know talk and have little social with other other agents that's what I'd like to see but yeah, yeah of course yeah well because we can help each other in the end um what is the best part of your job um the best part of my job is and it and it's where my passion lies is literally helping performers achieve their dreams that's literally it you know I I get very excited when I've got like a really really cool job for a performer and you know I I will phone them up I'm that excited (laughs) um just kind of yeah that that is literally why I do it yeah, it's, for, again, for me, that would be exactly the same answer. Getting to phone actors and tell them that they've got the job uh, mm-hmm. is literally the best part of the job. Um, and last question, if you could give actors one piece of advice, what would it be? Mm. Yeah, I think I think I kind of sort of answered that a little bit. I don't mm. know if that's, it's tricky, isn't it? One bit of advice. I, I sort of mentioned about, you know, try and look back a little bit of all you've achieved rather than you know, thinking you were just as good as the last audition that you did, you know, I think it's really important Mm -hmm. uh, to reflect on how far you've come in a a period of time. And I think you'd be amazed, (laughs) but people don't do that enough. They're always like, oh, you know, what's the next thing? And um, yeah, I think, I think that's really important. I think a lot of actors get envy as well. They see other people doing well and then they automatically feel bad because they feel that they aren't. But like you say, if you look over, your successes and the things that you've done you maybe realize that you are actually doing a lot better than you thought you were yeah exactly so and I think that will drive it will drive you forward as well if you do that Mm -hmm. awesome okay Uh, I'll just add one actual one uh, extra question in the end what what do you think is the future for voice fox where do you see it going um well I kind of I you know I'm I'm really really pleased with with how it's going um Mm. in terms of you know becoming like a almost like a one-stop shop for your, your gaming requirements um yeah. I, you know I'd like to kind of yeah develop on that because that's kind of quite a new thing I only really um because before obviously I had the makeup agency um and it's only yeah probably about six months since I started having it all under one roof um under voice fox um and I'm kind of liking how that's going in terms of being able to um talk to clients and saying oh you you know you're doing the voices how about you know you're doing the mocap who's doing that and sort of cross-selling between the two so I Mm -hmm. I want to kind of continue down that line really yeah yeah. because like you say there are roles for everybody in in motion capture yeah it's it's good if, if if you're a voice artist specifically you can branch into the other yeah, yeah. Exactly. fantastic excellent okay uh so emily if people wanted to find you um what are your social media handles uh, have you got a website where, where can they find out more about voice fox yeah so the website is um voicefox.co.uk okay. um and then i don't even know what my handles are you see that's bad isn't it i think <laughs> i think on instagram it's um voicefox underscore agency or something like that that's bad okay. 
I don't know what are my handles Jamie don't ask me this <laughs> <laughs> sorry I sprung that one on you at the end. okay okay um so Twitter is uh yeah voicebox underscore agency um and um yeah I think Instagram is voicebox oh no actually hang on a second voicebox underscore um voicebox underscore voiceover underscore agency <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit of a weird one. I think it's because someone else has got voice box. But um, but yeah, there you go. That's where there you we go. go. Perfect. Well, Emily, it's been an absolute pleasure. I managed to uh, glad we managed to get this interview done, but a few technical hitches trying to do it the first time. Um, but thank you very much for joining us and thanks for all your, your great insight. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Actors Toolkit. The Actors Toolkit is a weekly podcast with new episodes being released every Friday. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please hit the follow button on your podcast provider and you'll be notified when new episodes become available. The Actors Toolkit is produced by the Odair Academy, first class training for actors and graduates in the United Kingdom. You can check out our website at www.odairacademy.com where you'll find information about upcoming workshops, classes and special events that we have coming up at the Academy. Thanks for listening.